the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello and welcome again to the Grave Plot Podcast and Merry Christmas to you all. I'm Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror and Milikiliki Maka to all our Hawaiian listeners. <laughs> um, thanks for coming back and listening to us again. I hope you're having a good holiday and um, maybe you're listening to us while you're opening some presents or something. And if you're listening later in the week, I hope you had a very good holiday. Yeah, that too. Um, so, I'm working on a turkey right now. It's my first turkey ever, so we're probably going to make this a kind of a concise episode, <laughs> uh, just so I can tend to it a little bit. But And I can eat it. Yes. Because you're a fucking pig. Fuck you too. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's jump right into the news. reports, incredible as they seem, are not the results of mass hysteria. First eyewitness accounts of this grisly development came from people who were understandably frightened and almost incoherent. Officials and newsmen at first discounted there was eyewitness descriptions as being beyond belief. However, the reports persisted. Medical examinations of some of the victims bore out the fact that they had been partially devoured. Okay, to start off with, uh, we've got NBC, who's developing a new miniseries. Uh, they just kind of came off of their uh, their live production of The Sound of the Music, which went pretty well. I didn't watch it, but it, apparently it did pretty well. It had Carrie Underwood playing um, Julie Andrews' character. And, yeah, um, I, know, I know nothing about it. I didn't even follow it. Oh, yeah. Like, I heard about it, like, the day before it happened. And... Oh, okay, well... Uh, they did, and it did pretty well, apparently. Uh, it, it was, it, it was, was broad- live, right? It was broadcast live, yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. I mean, you see, like, live TV shows, but for them to do, like, a full length film, right. basically. Um, anyway, now NBC has greenlit a Rosemary's Baby miniseries. Um, this is gonna be a, a four hour miniseries. I'm not exactly sure how they're gonna break it up. Maybe, like, hour long episodes of it. Um, Only four episodes would be a mini mini series, though. That sounds about right to me. Really, just four episodes? I don't think so. Oh, all right. But I, I mean, I don't know how how else they would break it up unless it's two two hour episodes or something. Um, but uh, so they they're working on it. We got Scott Abbott and James Wong writing the, writing the screenplay, um, and it's actually going to be based on the novel itself, not the the, the film, right? Um, which when, when you see things that, you know, they look like they're remakes, that's actually becoming more common, where they take the story from the source material rather than the original film. Which is um, good. That's the way it should be done. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with, like, um, like Carrie, which neither of us really cared for, but it was nice that they took it from the the book, for the most part, rather than the original film. A lot of it was complete, like, shot-for-shot shot remake, though. Sure. Regardless, uh, this is what they're working on now. Um, don't seem to have uh, like a release date or anything yet, or, or any news as far as casting. All I know that is that it's been greenlit, and uh, we've got people working on it to uh, to to write. And it's it's crazy the amount of horror TV we're getting lately. Yeah, like, it's it feels really like Walking Dead really kind of lit the fuse. Since then, we've got Bates Motel, we've got Dracula. Last episode we talked about there's going to be a Wolfman. Mm-hmm. We've got Rosemary's Baby. There's a, talk of an American Psycho TV show. Oh, really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's it's like TV is the new remake. <laughs> well, I mean, TV can be cheaper to make than a movie. 
and when you're pulling in a weekly audience rather than people that pay to go see it once, you know. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, no no real news on release date yet, but uh, we'll, we'll keep you abreast to any developments. Boobs. We don't know what we're walking into. Things could get crazy. Um, next little bit is something that I wish I didn't have to talk about. Uh, they're making a World War Z 2, uh, and they've recently found a director. Right. Uh, Juan Antonio Bayona, who directed The Orphanage, he will be directing World War Z 2, or whatever subtitle they choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Neither you or I had have seen World War Z. We both kind of refused to give our money to them. Yeah. Uh, just because of how far it strays from the source material. <clears throat> but from from what I've heard, the original doesn't really lend itself to a sequel as far mm-hmm. as the ending. But there is a uh, original ending that I guess the, the sequel is going to be spun off of that. So... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen World War Z and want to, um, stick your fingers in your ears and go la-la-la for the next 30 seconds or so. But the end of the movie has them finding a cure, which isn't really a cure. They basically find a serum that makes them blend in with the zombies, which is fucking stupid. (sighs) And then there's a big happy ending at the end. Right. The original ending, spoiler alert, over had uh, his wife was, uh, she was with this army officer played by Matthew Fox. Of course. I guess he's, he's actually in the movie for like 30 seconds or something. But he was <laughs> supposed to be in it more. Oh. Because he was supposed to be in this original ending. And, um, and then Brad Pitt is on the shores of America somewhere. I heard it was in the snow. And he's like fighting a horde of zombies. And that's the end. So that's what they're going to go with. I don't know... From what I understand, that ending wasn't even filmed. So how they're going to work that in, I have no idea. But uh, that's happening. I I don't know... Where did he get this shit? I mean, like... They didn't get it from Max Brooks, I'll tell you that. No, absolutely not. Uh, Max Brooks, I hope he got fucking paid. because otherwise there's no excuse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he didn't get, like, a fat paycheck, uh, yeah, like you just said, I mean, there's absolutely no excuse for him to allow his work to be just turned into this bullshit. Um, and I just, I can't express enough my disappointment in Brad Pitt uh, for kind of spearheading this shit. Yeah. I, I really enjoy him as an actor, and it's... I just have no faith in his ability to lead a movie. Yeah, I mean, you and I, we looked at a, a list of the, the movies that his production company have, have developed, and it's actually a pretty substantial list. Yeah, like the Kick-Ass movies are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously that was the extent of his involvement, and whether or not he personally had any involvement in it is pretty doubtful, I guess, but... Um, yeah, this this one was like he was going for it though. Right, he was in actually in a bidding war with Leonardo DiCaprio for the rights to it. Oh God, I can only imagine what that was. <laughs> Would have turned into a 
uh, romantic movie. More so. God damn it. <laughs> this just infuriates me to no end. I mean, I can't stop being mad about it. Yeah, I think I think a big reason we're so disappointed is that we were so excited at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, because they talked about this for a couple of years before they actually made it. Um, and, you know, you, you and I both were both saying, how, how are they going to make this into a movie? Because it's, it's, a, it's a retrospective. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's mostly a narrative. Um, so it's like, how do they make this into a movie? I mean, this has got to be really cool. It's got to be a good idea. And it was pretty much the exact opposite. <laughs> um, so this, this is just throwing gas on the fire. I mean, you make a stupid movie, and then you make a sequel to a stupid movie using an ending that wasn't even there. It's like, what asshole signed off on this? One Antonio Bayona. I don't know. I'm seeing this as another swing and a miss. Yep, probably another one that we were just going to avoid. Yep. Uh, okay, so next up we got uh, Kevin Smith. He's making another kind of venture into kind of horror thriller area. I mean, Kevin Smith is best known as the director of Cop Out. <laughs> yeah, that was his opus right there. Um, no, but honestly, he was, he was the writer director of Clerks, um, Mallrats, and the whole that whole the whole, the, J- the Jay and Silent Bob movies. The the View Askew universe, right? View Askew universe, like as it's called. Um, yeah, he's he's you know. Most well known for you know directing and writing those, um, and then most recently he kind of ventured into, like I said, kind of a horror thriller type thing with Red State, which I personally didn't really care for. I think most people didn't. <laughs> I, um, I mean I wouldn't say I hated it, but I definitely was underwhelmed because mm-hmm. he he kept pushing it as a as a horror. Right, but it's it's almost more of a crime thriller. Yeah, if if I can remember right, there's nothing like supernatural anything involved in the movie. No, and there's like a shootout with the cops and right. Uh, anyway, so he's he's kind of continuing that trend with a movie called Tusk. Um, it's going to be uh, brought to you by A24 and Demarus Films. Um, Basically, the theme of it is it's kind of like the the, the brief synopsis that we have is um, it's about a guy named Wallace who's actually going to be played by Justice Long, Justin Long. And is that is that a final casting? I mean, is as he far a, as I know, yeah. Okay, because um, they're a, filming now. Are they? Yeah. Okay, um, and uh, he, he's a journalist uh, who. Basically, finds uh, from what I've heard, he's actually a podcaster. A podcaster, okay. Um, he find, he meets a character named Mister Howe, who's played uh, by Michael Parks, and basically, this guy is a, an adventurer. Was in Red State, right? Right. Um, he was the pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he he's a he's an adventurer, and he's, he's got all these. You know these wild, crazy stories of his of his adventures throughout the world, but he's also got this really weird obsession with walruses. <laughs> yeah, um, I was listening to one of Kevin Smith's podcasts, mm-hmm. 
and he was actually talking about him, and I think it was Walt Flanagan, saw an ad on Craigslist mm-hmm. for a guy who would pay you to come to his house, dress like a walrus, and let him feed you fish. Right. And that was the inspiration <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> but apparently in the movie, he like actually turns the guy into kind of a human walrus. Oh, okay. Which makes me think of like um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, when yeah. When he turns Rain Wilson into a merman. The, the fish boy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, this this sounds really weird. And like, like you were saying, um, when you... When Smith was talking about this, he's saying, oh, yeah, I mean, that'd be so fucked up. Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> um, and it, it's kind of a joke. And then he went home and he was like, yeah, that would be fucked up. I <laughs> um, should do that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess basically what has happened is he's he's gotten distribution, like I said, from A24 and Demis Films. Um, and the host of Epic Mealtime, isn't it? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He plays, I think he plays like a, um, a cop or a border patrol or something like that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Epic Meal Time is a show. I think it's just online or they on YouTube. Yeah, okay, it's a YouTube, yeah, it's a YouTube show where these guys, you just make these big, monstrous, they sometimes. get totally wasted. Yeah. And then just make giant amounts of food and then eat it. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like they're combining delicious things into this just big, disgusting mess. <laughs> and it's always stuff that would not be good for you. Right. Just tons of bacon and, uh, you know, meat, eggs, cheese, <laughs> giant hamburgers and just artery cloggers. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that, that's kind of his next venture. And it, it is weird because he, like, he had said before that he was done filmmaking. He said that a few times. Yeah, I know. And but then I think he actually said that before he made Red State, and now he's working on Tusk. And then he, he claims he's going to work on Clerks Three. Mm-hmm. And then he has a hockey movie. Right. It was originally right. going to be a movie. I think it was first. It was going to be a two movies. Oh, okay. Or no, it was going to be a movie, and then it was going to be two movies, and now I think it's going to be a miniseries. Oh, all right. Um. So, yeah, obviously he's keeping himself busy. So, you know, you and I, we both listen to uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, which is one of Kevin Smith's smodcasts. And uh, he's constantly referring to himself as a former director. And, you know, a lot of these episodes, they're, you know, up to a couple years old. Um, but as you listen to the episodes, you know, they get more and more current. And, you know, he says, oh, you know, I'm a former director. But hey, now I'm working on this movie Red State, and you know now we're working, yeah, you know, talking about this movie Tusk, and it's like, Jesus, man, do I? Not sure you know what former means. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, again, I mean that that's all we really know about it. Like I said, we're it's in development right now, so um, we'll uh, keep you posted. A couple episodes ago, we talked about the development of From Dust Till Dawn, the television series. And now we have some casting updates. Uh, Jake Busey has actually just been added to the cast. <laughs> if you don't know who Jake Busey is, he was the murderer in uh, Frighteners. Mm-hmm. He was also the murderer in Identity. Um, what else has he played a murderer in? <laughs> he was on Shasta McNasty for the seven people who watched that. He was in Starship Troopers. 
That's right. He's he's uh, he's Gary Busey's son, and he looked exactly like him. And yeah, he, he has looks teeth like he's... that are bigger than his face. <laughs> he looks like he, he looks like Gary Busey's creepy younger clone. <laughs> but he's awesome. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's going to be in this as Professor Aiden Tanner, who is a uh, a professor. Yeah. <laughs> He he's a, an eccentric intellectual obsessed with the Mesoamerican mythology behind the vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, he will join some of the cast that have already been announced, including Wilmer Valderrama from right. that '70s show, Don Johnson, <laughs> and Robert Patrick. Well, I know that Don Johnson and and uh, well, I guess mostly Don Johnson. You know, he was in uh, Machete. Yeah, uh, that's right. So he's kind of. He's probably kind of buddies with uh, Rodriguez now. He was also on Nash Bridges with Cheech Marin. Right, right, right. Um, and then Robert Patrick, I feel like he's been in a Robert Rodriguez movie, but I... He was in From Dust Hold On too. Right, 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 okay. Uh, and yeah, I, I guess believe, we did talk I, about that before. I believe he's reprising his character. Did his character die? Well, I, it's a supernatural crime saga, so maybe he's a ghost. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe it's a prequel or something. The guy who plays Seth Gecko is considerably younger than George Clooney, so... I guess that's true. Um, that's going to be on uh, Robert Rodriguez's new network, El Rey TV or whatever, El Rey Network. Right. And do we... I mean, I guess we still don't really know. Like, I guess it's going to be like a special cable channel. I don't know if he has like any distribution right, I, deals I don't with know. it. Like Comcast or Dish or whomever. It is an English network. Uh, station, which I guess uh, some people thought it might be Spanish. Oh, yeah. I, I think he would severely limit his audience if he made it Spanish. Yeah. But. Um, I have no idea when that show's going to start, but something, we'll keep an eye on it. Yep. Alright, next up, uh, we got uh, a new movie with, uh, from. Eli Roth, who, you know, is obviously most famous for uh, Hostel and uh, Cabin in the Woods, um, and he's kind of ventured into acting a little bit, he's in Glorious Bastards. He's the Bear the Jew. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, you should know who he is. He's got a movie called Green Inferno, which, from what I can tell, it sounds like it's basically Cannibal Holocaust. It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, you know... Anyone that's seen it know that knows that's a great movie. It's a fucked up movie. <laughs> it is fucked up. Um, but it means it's right up Roth's alley. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, when I say a great movie, I mean it's super corny, low budget, but it's entertaining. I guess. What well, it's infamous because it, people thought it was real. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, the, Green Inferno sounds like it's basically the same thing. I mean, it's a, it's a group of I think they're kind of like Greenpeace type people. Um, they're it's it's like a group of uh, activists. Um, they're from New York, I believe, and they go down to the Amazon to try and save this tribe from basically being wiped out. Um, they get to this tribe and they basically capture them and start to eat them. Yeah, because they're cannibals. <laughs> um, Hopefully this will serve as a lesson to a bunch of hippies. Just <laughs> leave well enough alone. <laughs> um, but I guess the, the big news is, and something I've personally been waiting on 
um, for a while now is they finally got a release date. I guess they were, this movie kind of made its rounds to all the, uh, the uh, festivals, festivals, but it didn't have any distribution or a release date. Um, this got picked up by, um, ooh, I want to say Lionsgate, but I'm not sure. Probably. Lionsgate will fucking take anything. Yeah. And I think Lionsgate did, um, Hostel. I believe you're right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so they've finally got distribution, and now they've got a release date. The release date is set for September 5th, 2014, which is kind of a disappointment because I'm really hoping I didn't have to wait a whole nother year to see this. <laughs> um, but that's the case. Um, which means the episode of our podcast that falls after September 5th, 2014 will feature reviews of the Green Inferno. Right. Because we will see it. Um this film stars a bunch of people that I don't really recognize by name. <laughs> it's got Lorenza Izzo, um, Ariel Levy, Daryl Sabara, um, and apparently uh, Izzo and Levy co-starred with Eli Roth in a movie, Aftershock. Um, I'll take that. Was that an Eli Roth movie, or I, was he just in it? I have no idea. All right. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But... Um, it's written by Guillermo uh, Amedo, or Amo, Amoedo, and Eli Roth. So, and, you know, I, it seems like movies that Eli Roth has written and directed tend to be a little better than yeah. the ones he's just directed. I agree. But, uh, so this is pretty exciting, like I said. Uh, it's basically just Cannibal Holocaust in, in modern age, but... And this, this is something, like you said, we've been looking forward to this for a while. We keep... We've been... Scouring the internet going, when is this movie coming out? Yeah, because we knew it was in festivals, but like nothing about when it was coming out to wide release. Right. Whether or not it would be in theaters, or it was going to be direct video, or, or what. But So now we know. So we're excited. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the news. Um, no more news. Next thing we want to talk about is uh, 2013 saw two of the, probably the biggest remakes in recent memory, in Evil Dead and Carrie, mm-hmm. which kind of went opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, Carrie was very, very similar to the original. It was. Evil Dead had parts that were similar to the original, but overall was very, very different. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, where is the middle? How do you How do you make a remake that brings in a new audience, updates the movie... But isn't just a shot-for-shot remake. That's a tough call. Because um, e- even if, if you do a shot-for-shot remake, you're going to have people complain. It's it's just like the original. There's no point. Right. But if you stray too far, you're going to have people saying, "What's the point of this remake? It's nothing like the original." Hmm. Um, well, I think your best bet is probably just go right up the middle. Very astute. <laughs> um, no, really. I mean, like, like I said, it, it's a really tough call to make because you're never going to please everyone, you know? Um, I, to me, the best remakes are of movies that, like, I think low-budget movies make the best remakes. Because you can basically take the same story and just give it good effects. Sure. Um... The, the, the biggest case, thing in, is, case in point, Evil Dead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, other than the, the ending of Evil Dead, I think that probably would have been my favorite remake ever if they had just done a better, tighter ending. 
Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I might agree with that. I mean, at least at this point in time. Right. Maybe if I gave it some more thought, I, I, I might change my mind, but... <clears throat> um, I think the, the point is you definitely want to update it without changing it. Sure. And, you know, I, honestly, I think... I think Evil Dead may have done basically the best job he could. Uh, they followed the same basic story for the most part. Right. Um, but as a whole, the movie was very different. Different characters, different kind of backstory, um, different ending. Uh, but basically... It, like we discussed in our, in our review of it, it had a lot of, um, you know, homages to it, mm-hmm. to the original. Um, I think that's a big thing in, in horror remakes, too. So I think you, you definitely have to have some kind of throwback to the original. Definitely. Uh, as much as I hate to give credit to the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the fact that it did have scenes that were complete, you know, straight out of the original. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not a shot-for-shot shot remake, but there are scenes that are done shot-for-shot. Shot. Right, right, right. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I just think the best way you could possibly do it, where you can please the most people, like I said, is to keep the same basic story, but... Make it more modern. Maybe modernize it, change up the characters a little bit. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have the exact same characters. Maybe fill those same roles, but they don't have to be the same people. For instance, Evil Dead didn't have Ash. They basically took that character and split it in two. Right. It's two different people. And they, you know, they happen to be brother and sister. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just important to kind of main, I think the most important element is to maintain the feel of the original. Right. Um, pretty much everything else, I think you can kind of just fill in the gaps. But as long as you keep that same basic premise there, I, I, I don't think you can lose. There's also a big difference, and I hate that this is actually a thing now, but there's a big difference between a remake and a reboot. Right. And a reimagining. <laughs> yeah. Reimagining. That's that's the biggest cop-out, I think. Reimagining is basically just an excuse to say, we want to take this movie's title and make our own movie and make money out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Shit. You know, I have to base that turkey. <laughs> God, that thing's looking so fucking sexy. So juicy, dude. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Uh, we were still talking about remakes. Right. Um, like I was saying, I think the best is to take the, the low-budget movies and to try and update them with modern effects. Although sometimes that doesn't really work, as in the case of Night of the Demons. Yeah. Because as much as the old one of those was awful, the remake may have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Which was a big disappointment to me. Because like I said, when we reviewed it, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, that, like to this day, that's the movie I remember as absolutely frightening me into the book. Oh, excuse me. Because um, you were terrified of Uncle Dudley's scary cousin. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, like you said, the the, the, the remake was just sad. <laughs> I was hoping for so much more. Well, I mean, it had a decent cast. It had Chan Elizabeth and Monica Kina and um, the the crow, Edward Furlong. <laughs> Edward Furlong and Dara Baird. Um, 
I want to say there were one or two other people in there too, but I can't remember. But um, so it, I mean, it's, remaking movies is not a perfect science. No, definitely not. And you know, we can sit here and complain all we want, and that's what we're going to do because that's what our podcast is for. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you guys listen to us so we can bitch. So I mean, you know, it, I, I just it had come up in my mind because I was going back and listening to old episodes, and there were times when we complained about remakes being too far from the source material, but at the same time, there was, we had complained about them being too close. So I was just wondering, you know, where where is the middle ground? But I, I don't think that, you know, it's it's a crapshoot. It really is. Yeah. But, you know, bitching about movies, that's our prerogative. We can bitch about whatever we want. Exactly. This is America. And this is our show. God damn it. We're not here to appease you. Wait, we're not? Are we? No, we're not. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Please listen to our show. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. <laughs> Alright, All right, let's move on. Okay, we're going to do our movie reviews now. And they're both festive. Yeah, they are... They are Christmas-themed. They are christmas They are both about Santa Claus. More or less. Here are the reviews! Okay, uh, the movie I picked was a movie uh, called uh, Sint. It's actually got like three different names. I'll see you tomorrow then. Well, if you're still around by then. Bye. What did she mean by if you're still around? It's a full moon tonight. It happens only once every 32 years that there's a full moon on December 5th. <laughs> well, according to the legend St. Nicholas, comes to get you when there's a full moon on December 5th. Careful who you open your door for tonight. It might be the evil St. Nicholas. Home? Why? So you can give me a present. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. Timmy, St. Nicholas doesn't exist. I've told you a hundred times. Action as a police force. We're here to protect the people. Prohibition of all St. Nicholas activity. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's his birthday, but he died on the 5th of December. He was murdered, horribly murdered, and now he's back for revenge. St. Nicholas Eve is nice, but you always get junk you don't really need. <laughs> We're all gonna die! different St. Nicholas Eve in mind. Basically it's called Sint, which in the American or the English translation of that is Saint, but then it's also called Saint Nick. And this is Norwegian? It's Danish, actually. That's what I said. <laughs> What'd you hear? The Dutch. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was made in. Uh, um, it, it took place in Amsterdam. So um, anyway, yeah, this movie is uh, from 2010. Uh, it was directed by Dick Maas, which in Spanish means Dick Moore. Yep, but it's a double A, and he's Danish. Uh, okay, so basically, we got in this movie. It's uh, essentially the story of Saint Nicholas, not exactly Santa Claus, <clears throat> right? Um, it, it picks up in 1492. We've got um, Saint Nicholas, um, who is apparently this. In this, he's kind of a like an ostracized, you know, former bishop of the church. Um, but he... He's an asshole is what he is. Yeah, he's a real prick. He travels around with... Anybody familiar with this St. Nicholas story, he travels around with these men called Black Pete's, um, which are basically like... They're like Spanish conquistadors, like Spanish sailors or soldiers or something of that nature. Um, he travels into this village and... He, one of his men, posts a sign on, I think it looks like it might be like a church door. Basically, like a town hall or something. Something of that nature, yeah. Um, and he offers, like, he puts up a list, supposedly, of um, gifts to offer him. Uh, is the gold, silver, wheat, virgins, frankincense, myrrh, <laughs> pigs, fur, wax, and servants. Um, wax. I guess. It's really into candles? Like, yeah, maybe. Scented candles. Like oh, like a nice pumpkin? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like an apple cinnamon? That'd be nice. It's really fragrant lavender, so you can do Ooh, it. that sounds pretty. Well, you, you know, he takes a bath with some... Well, you just throw a little bath bomb in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, basically he wanders into this village. His men attack the villagers, and um, basically they collect any gifts that have been left for him. And then, yeah, they, they attack them. And it kind of comes to the point where these villagers have had enough and they kind of rise up and they actually go out, kill a lot of his men, and then light his boat on fire while he's still on it. Um, so he burns to death. And he gets burnt up real good. Yeah. So he basically people have kind of rescued themselves from um, St. Nick, or St. Nicholas. Um Travel forward to the 1950s. 68. 68. Really? 68? It was the 50s. I thought I could. Maybe it was 58. But I thought it was 68. I want to say it was 58. Regardless. Um, kind of going on this family, and St. Nicholas Day is actually on uh, December 5th. Um, basically, you, you offer him gifts, and he will leave you some in return or something of that nature. Obviously, I'm not very versed in my Scandinavian holiday lore. I guess it's similar to, like, the milk and cookies. Yeah, I, I think that might be essentially what it is. Um, and basically, yeah, it's December 5th. This family is kind of, you know, sort of celebrating St. Nicholas Day. And he, he and his men come in and just kill his entire family, uh, except for one, the, the son who is Kurt. Because he was um, outside. He, yeah, he was outside checking, checking on the pigs, and 
And you know, like like we mentioned, it's a Danish movie, so it's all uh, like dubbed. It is dubbed, yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure Sam Levine did the voice of that kid. <laughs> Maybe it sure as hell sounded like. You it. know, there were actually a couple dubbed voices that just did not fit the people yeah. at all. Um, but my favorite was the the, the big bald. I know he sounded like he was like he was a machine or something. Yeah, he sounded like he was using like um a, a voice uh, modulator. Modulator, yeah. <laughs> it probably was because usually when they do that, there's like four people that do the voices of you know thirty characters. That's true. I didn't take that into account. Um, anyway, so like I said, it's 1958, maybe 1968. I put 68 in my notes, but I, I could have misread. Yeah, I could have sworn it was the 50s. 58 seems like it would make more sense with the timeline. But. Yeah. Um, so then from there, it, like this boy, he sees St. Nick on his horse on top of the, the roof of their house. Um, he's like, I believe that's a thing. Like St. Nicholas, he travels from rooftop to rooftop. That's like his thing. Right, because he goes down the chimney. Well, except in this, it was his henchmen, or the, his, his Black Peets that went down the chimneys. Right. Which is actually, that's apparently um, why they're black, like why they're called Black Peets, because they're covered in soot. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that, guys, but I'm pretty sure that's the reason. Anyway, so this one kid, Kurt, is spared. Um just because he wasn't there at the time. <laughs> um, we jump ahead again to uh, 2010, or, you know, present day, on... I hate when movies do that. Several time jumps? No, when they say present day. Oh, yeah. Because, like, like the, bit, the best example I can think of is the original Halloween. It says present day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I watch it, I'm going, this is not present day. This is clearly the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. I guess they may... Maybe just do that to kind of try and make the movie like timeless, but it doesn't work. No, just put the fucking year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, we jump here into you know present time. Um, you have to assume it's 2010 when the movie's released, um, and it's December 5th again, so Saint Nicholas Day, and we basically there's just this you know people have kind of built this. Fantasy where St. Nicholas was a kind man who, who brought gifts, um, kind of like Santa Claus. Um, but there are like a handful of people that know kind of the truth about him is that he was an evil son of a bitch, that he was killed because he was evil. Um, and so. And he only, he only comes out every 32 years. When there's, a, when there's a full moon on December 5th. Was it 32 years? Yeah. Okay, because I heard like three different days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, later they say... I heard... I heard 20... Or, sorry, 32 years. I heard 32 years. Or, sorry. 32 years, 23 years, and 42 years. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I was like, am I... Like, did I put this wrong in my notes? But, yeah, okay. I'm glad that you heard that, too. Cause yeah, it's like, so how often is there a fucking full moon on December 5th? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so it's basically these people say that, oh, on December 5th, whenever there's a full moon, every 32, 23, or 42 years, we <laughs> don't know, um, St. Nicholas and his Black Peets, they come and they 
kill people indiscriminately. Right. Um, and they're, like, at this point, they're undead, basically. Right. Um, and so there's there's a boy, very boy, he looks like he's in college, I think. Um, the boy Frank and this um, cop, who is actually the boy from the 50s, Kurt. He's actually become a cop, and now he's kind of like a, an outcast among the ranks because he believes this story of St. Nicholas. Um, Which, by the way, even if it's 42 years, there's people in this town who are like in their 60s. How do they not remember this? I know. <laughs> well, it's, it, it does kind of seem like the town has made great efforts to cover it up. True, yeah. Um, the media. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like it's it's just Amsterdam. I don't think he goes around, you know, to all the Scandinavian countries or anything. I think it's just Amsterdam because I think that might be like the citizens of Amsterdam back in 1492 were the ones that killed him. So I think maybe he just has that vendetta. Makes sense. Um. So he basically this cop Kurt, who was like I said, the, the, the boy from the fifties. And this kid, Frank, they kind of end up, through different circumstances, teaming up and trying to stop St. Nicholas and his Black Pete's. And along the way, a lot of people die. Um, At one point, Frank dresses as St. Nick for, like, a parade or party or something. Right. And his friends dress as Black Pete's, but, like, they put blackface on. Blackface on, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this not racist in Amsterdam? Because here, that doesn't fly. Well, it's like you you look up pictures, like if you, like, Google image search Black Pete, almost always it's going to be a white guy with blackface on. (laughs) And I don't know, because what I had heard originally was that Black Pete was a moor. And, you know, moors are black. Um, A moop, yes. (laughs) Um... But yeah, like the, the the Moors were black, but in this, like I also read that Black Pete's black because he's covered in soot. So it's like I I don't know which to. It could be both. I don't know. Maybe the soot thing's a whole like a modernized one, so like people aren't racially offended. I guess. Putting <laughs> on blackface doesn't help with that. No. Uh, yeah, I mean blackface is blackface. It doesn't care how you dress it up. Yeah. Um, but, so, I mean, that's kind of the basic premise of it. I, I don't want to reveal too much. I know I've, in the past, I've gone on a little long about the, <laughs> the plots of the movie, so I'm trying to keep it a little concise this time. Um, so, let's let's talk about this a little bit. I I didn't like this movie very much. <laughs> um, it, I, I don't know, it, it had its moments. There was some things about it I didn't really understand, like the fact that... <laughs> Santa takes the bad kid or Saint Nick take he puts the bad kids in a sack and takes them to Spain. Right. Like if that's the case, I wanna be naughty because I want a free trip to Spain. <laughs> I think that's uh I think it might just be a cultural thing that we just we don't understand here in America. It would be like him taking us to Canada. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> Uh just kidding, we love you, Canada. But um so, yeah, I mean, I, I when I say I didn't like it, I guess that's not entirely true. True, I mean, I I watched it, but 
I guess I just thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was at parts. Um, a lot of it made me think of the tale of the Krampus. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if it's, if this was derived from the story of the Krampus or if, you know, this is the St. Nick story and the story of Krampus was derived from this original story. But, um, for those of you that don't know, the Krampus is basically Santa's helper in a bunch of European countries. Um, he basically looks like the devil. Mm. He has, you know, hairy legs, cloved feet, a giant tongue. Yeah, he's basically like a demon or a satyr or something. Yeah, and he follows St. Nick around. St. Nick gives presents to the good girls and boys. Krampus puts them in a sack and throws them in the river. Right. Or eats them. Some some cultures believe he eats them. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that because, like, this, you know, he puts them in a sack and takes them to Spain, which is nicer than being thrown in the river. Sure. Um, and then, I don't know. So I, I thought that was interesting. Like I said, I don't know which came first. Well, I think, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, Black Pete, I think, I think actually Krampus is a spin on Black Pete. That makes sense. Um, and I'm pretty sure Black Pete is mainly, like, um, Scandinavian countries, and um, Krampus is, like, um, more, like, European, Germanic countries. I could be, and I might, you know, I might be wrong on that, but maybe we should have researched. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even think to research Krampus when we're watching this, but well, no, I mean like just Scandinavian holiday traditions, I guess. Well, of course, yeah. that would have led into a just a, a thing. <laughs> and this is just a fucking movie, not a fucking research paper. Um. But, no, I mean, I, I didn't think it was awful. Um, it, it definitely... It, it didn't seem like it was a very big-budgeted movie. Not really, no. Um, St. Nick's makeup was... A, I, th- I thought a little overdone. Really? I, I thought it was pretty good. I would have liked to see him look a little more um, burned. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. he, just, he just basically looked like a zombie. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't see his face through almost the entire movie. Yeah, you not a lot. There's a, there's one scene at the end where they kind of go close up on his face. Well, I mean, like the first time you see his face clearly, where it's not you know shrouded in shadow and mystery. Um, it's it's probably about three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, I I like the makeup. I would have liked to see him look more burned, but aside from that, I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, I mean, it was it was well done. I just I just thought the same thing. It should have been more like a burn and less just like a zombie. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like I think the big thing for me was like I couldn't really relate to any of the characters. It's like just none of them seemed very likable to me. Like Frank, who's supposed to be like kind of the main character. He seemed like kind of a douche. Yeah, he was kind of a douche. Um, like, he was cheating on his girlfriend with, like, the main girl in the movie. Right. And we're supposed to kind of um, relate to her, too. I mean, we're supposed to think of her kind of like the, the nice girl, but she was voluntarily cheating with him. Yeah, um, he like, his, his girlfriend was her friend, too. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, you've got Kurt, who... At first, I didn't realize that he was the kid from the beginning. Yeah, it took me a little bit. Um, but you figure, like, at the most, it was 42 years, right? At the most, yeah. Okay. If if that's the case, because Kurt's got to be at least in his 50s. Right. So that means when he was a kid, he was like, I guess 13 isn't unreasonable. I wouldn't say so. I mean, that, that fits. But if it's 23 that. years, <laughs> that means he was like in his 20s. So that kid definitely was not in his 20s. Some inconsistencies there. Unless it's just something that we weren't following. Maybe it's not exactly 32 years. I don't know. I'm wondering if that was like a translation problem, why the numbers kept getting mixed up, or... Maybe, but... I don't know. You would have thought that's something they'd pick up and post, you You know? You would think. Something would fix that. Um, But, yeah, this, this guy Kurt, I mean, like I said, he's kind of an outcast among the police, because he believes in... St. Nicholas believes that he's this evil character. At one point, like, before I could, I had associated that he was the kid from the beginning. Um, and he walks into the police station, he sees a present sitting on his desk, and he just (laughs) unloads his gun on it. (laughs) Uh, it it kind of seemed like the, the other cops in the station, they didn't really react to it. Like, this is something they might have expected. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so he's he's kind of nuts. I mean, understandably so, but he's he's a little crazy. Um, and then there's like like there's fire is his only weakness. Is Saint Saint Nick's only weakness, which to me like immediately brought up images of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, or uh, yeah, it, like I guess it. I guess it was Freddy Krueger. I'm thinking of like mainly in like Freddy versus Jason, where it's like they make the connection. It's like. Oh, Freddy's Freddy's weakness is fire, and Jason's weakness is water. Yeah, like, maybe we can use that. It's like, oh God, yeah. This immortal being just happens to be terrified of fire. Good. Um, yeah, so that seemed a little. I don't know. I guess a little unnecessary. That yeah. like that's you know his only weakness, and the only way to kill him was with fire. Yeah. I don't know, it was a little silly. And then, like, I, I won't give away the end, but I will say that it didn't make any sense to me. Like, they have this plan, and but, like, the, the plan just doesn't make any sense of how it would stop St. Nick. Right. It's like I said, I mean, this guy, he basically came back from death. Yeah. Which means that he's going to be very hard to kill. Right. <laughs> and something as simple as fire... I mean, you want to get into a whole, like, kind of like a mystical, you know, elemental thing. That's fine, but you're going to add another hour to the movie trying to explain that shit. So you're basically just saying that something like fire could kill this guy that already came back from the dead. <laughs> that already came back from being burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so clearly... That, that's, that's the point. Is, oh, fire stops him because he died by fire. Right. But, but he already came back from that once, so why... Can he do it again? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, I can guess. Wrap it up like a Christmas present, right? Oh, uh, it's a theme show. Ah, uh, Christmas. <laughs> um, I've only got two notes here. Uh, every time he comes around, there's a burning smell, which I guess makes sense. It's burnt flesh, right? I th- I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, a lot of a lot of killers, you know. 
whether it be from like slashers or whatever, they've always got like something that kind of precedes them. A tell. Yeah. I mean, like whether it be visual um, or you know auditory. Uh, you know something like like Freddy Krueger. You know he has like he he'll drag the, the claws on a rusty pipe or something. Like that's kind of his thing, right? And Jason goes <laughs> right. Um, when you hear that, you were fucking wrong, right? <laughs> um, so I guess that, that that's that's kind of cool. I guess is uh, just the the burning smells kind of saying, "Oh, he's coming," you know. A lot of people, you know, they should be standing talking. It's like, you smell something burning? It's like, oh, shit, you're about to get fucked up. Um, and the big, you know, the, the big redeemer in a lot of movies can be a pair of boobs. This one almost had some at the very end. And all we got was some side boob. And yeah, that was a cock tease. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like. That, that could have redeemed this movie a little bit. Could have given it at least another half a point. Yeah, but just uh, just didn't do it. Okay, so, yeah, I guess we'll just finish this up here. Um, not really a lot to tell. It's a pretty boring movie. So I'm going to say, with the boobs, it would have been a four and a half. Like I said, that cost it a half a point. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it a four. All right. Uh, well, I don't really know where to put this. I mean, I don't want to rate it too low because it wasn't awful. But I don't want to rate it too high and give you guys the the sense that I enjoyed it. You know, um, I think I'll probably give it a three. This, okay. You know, in hindsight, I would have picked uh, Rare Exports over this. Yeah, you know, I saw that after we had already made our choices, and I, I kind of wish I had picked that too. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe next year. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on to Taylor's movie now. My movie is from 2004, and it is Santa's Sleigh. Grandpa, I want the truth about Christmas. If it's the truth you want, then it's the scary truth you're going to have. According to the Book of Claus, Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. But now... All bets are off. Santa? Yes, there is a Santa Claus. Ho, ho, hoes. Santa Claus is not a myth or a legend. He's real. Only he's not bearing gifts and presents anymore. Christmas can sure scare the dickens out of people. He's scary yet educational. I'm just trying to spread a little yuletide fear. Are you saying Santa is offing everyone who's naughty and nice? Oh my God! Nicholas shot him! You shot Santa? Run away! Santa's on the loose! This holiday season... Lock your doors. Bolt the windows. Oh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. Everyone stand back. Things are about to get a little messy. And block the chimney. Cause naughty or nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. 
Santa's sleigh. Go ahead, kid. Let's see what Santa got you. I hate children. Okay, so this movie uh, is from 2004, written and directed by David Steinman. And it has Santa Claus portrayed by former WWE and WCW wrestler Bill Goldberg. <laughs> um, if, if you were a wrestling fan a few years ago, you know who Bill Goldberg is. If you don't, he is a six foot four, 260 pound probably. Just sure. brick shit house of a man. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is Jewish. <laughs> it didn't actually. Picked that out while I was watching it. <laughs> it's like a Jew playing Christian figure. That's nice. Yeah, it's, it's a little... I don't know if ironic's the right word, but it's the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> um, so, the movie opens on a family with some very familiar faces that I was surprised to see. Yeah, these I mean, these guys aren't exactly A-list actors, but they're kind of slumming, I think. James Kahn, Chris Kattan, Fran Drescher... Rebecca Gayhart, and they played this snooty, uptight, rich family. Yeah, they're serious assholes, every single one of them. Um, I got the sense Chris Kattan was, like, married to Fran Drescher or marrying Fran Drescher. He was kind of like, he wasn't part of the family. Was that the case? I thought he was marrying, um, or I, th- I thought he was either marrying or married to Rebecca Gayhart. And then... I think Fran cheating, Drescher may- Cheating on her with Fran Drescher? Maybe. Because at one point, he tries to finger Fran Drescher underneath the table. Right. I got the impression that Fran Drescher was James Kahn's wife. Which is also I funny, thought, because... that she was his daughter. I don't think so. But... Anyways, that doesn't matter. It's funny, though, that James Kahn and Fran Drescher, um, and I think maybe Chris Kattan, all Jews... <laughs> <laughs> So they're sitting around at dinner talking about, you know, what they're going to get for Christmas and whatnot. Smelling each other's farts. Yeah. Fingering each other under the table. <laughs> and next thing you know, you just hear this noise at the chimney, and all of a sudden the whole chimney explodes. <laughs> and there comes Santa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he just kills them all. He does kill them all. <laughs> Santa is not a nice person in this movie. Similar to Saint Saint, Saint Nick. Um, that, that's just the opening. That's the opening five minutes. Right. Yeah, and he, he does kill them in some pretty creative ways. There's quite a few creative kills in this. A lot of them Christmas-themed. Yes. Um, actually, I have a whole list of the Christmas-themed kills here. <laughs> um, he stabs a guy with a sharpened candy cane. Mm-hmm. He strangles a guy with a wreath. He sets a strip club on fire with hot coal. Um, there are exploding presents. Uh, there's a tree ornament smoke bomb. Um, at one point, uh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Which, by the way, the reindeer is actually a buffalo. Is it a buffalo? I couldn't tell. Yeah, and no one makes any mention of it. They just continue to call it a reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> That's not any reindeer I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, there's more than one point where they actually flat out call it a reindeer. And I'm like, am I the only one that notices that's a buffalo? Yeah. It's, uh, um, at one point, they call it a bird deer. Yeah, never heard of that before, but still not still not buffalo. <laughs> and there is one Hanukkah themed kill right. where a guy gets stabbed in the throat with a menorah. 
See, the Jews are represented in this. Yeah. But basically, the story is that uh, a thousand years ago, this angel bet Santa... Well, let me go back farther than that. In history, there have only been two virgin births. Mm-hmm. The Son of God, Jesus, and the Son of the Devil, Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> and Santa used to have this day of slayings where he would just go out and just kill people. And so this angel came to him, disguised as an old man, and made him a bet. Mm-hmm. And said, if I win, then the day of slayings turns into a day of joy. And you have to give presents to all the little boys and girls. Right. And the bet is curling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who can get a stone closer to a hole in the ice? At first you think it's just, you know, they're just going to throw stones. But then they are just flat out curling stones. Yeah. I like I like the way they told the story. It was like this kind of claymation. Oh, yeah, it was like the Rudolph, Rudolph puppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was uh, kind of funny. Yeah, this this is a horror comedy. Yeah, um, Although at points, there are, like, dramatic, tense moments, but they play Christmas music over it, yeah. which makes it funny. <laughs> like, there's a part where he's, like, stalking these kids through, I think it's a school. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... That's like, this does not fit the mood at all. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it was... I don't know, like the whole movie sets a tone because it's got Christmas music playing in the back. I mean, like that was, the music was Christmas music. Yeah, like the whole score is basically Christmas music. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's like, unless you just absolutely loathe Christmas music, I mean, you're just kind of, kind of in this cheery mood the entire time. Yeah, it's weird. It like doesn't fit with the overall tension that should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the the main kid in the movie, his name is Nick Yulson. <laughs> um, and his grandpa is an inventor, and his grandpa is like the only person in town that knows about uh, Santa Claus. Right. Um, basically, the bet was for a thousand years, and the bet is now over. Right, right, right. So Santa Claus is now coming to kill all the children, because he, he hates children, and he's had to deliver these presents for a thousand years, and he's... Got all this pent up rage. Yeah. Uh, and it's like this kid Nick and his grandpa, he says like his family has had this, this, this big giant book that kind of tells the story of, of Santa. Like it kind of implies that like their family has carried this for, you know, hundreds of years. And, mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of the, the keepers of one sort or another. So obviously his family has, some connection to Santa, but um, yeah, they have the the Book of Claws. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was called. <laughs> um, and you know that, like, I kept expecting Santa to do all these wrestling moves. He he did he, a couple. He, he did he did like some like jujitsu moves and stuff. Yeah, and um, I'm, I I I was waiting the whole movie for him to do a spear. <laughs> that, was, that was Goldberg's. He did it about half an hour into the movie. Did he? Yeah, when he killed the guy at the deli. He like speared him through the, oh, through yeah, the yeah, case. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, knew that was coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this movie was not short on creative kills, even if even if they were kind of corny. Like one that one in particular I remembered was, uh, I think it may have been at the beginning, 
where he pulls the star off the top of the tree and throws, oh, yeah. throws it in the guy's back like a, like a shuriken. <laughs> yeah, that was in the opening scene. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously kind of corny, but still. <laughs> There's a bunch of Christmas puns, too. Yeah. That Santa makes. Like, at one point he goes in the strip club and he's like, ho, ho, hoes. <laughs> um, he says, Christmas can really scare the dickens out of people as he's reading a Christmas carol written by Charles Dickens. Right. Um, yeah, and again, at the, in the beginning scene, he comes down the chimney, blows out of the chimney, and uh, Frank Drescher's character is like, is that? She's calling, is that, is that? And he says, Yes, Virginia. Yeah. Santa Claus is real. <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, aside from those people that we mentioned that were in the beginning of the scene, there's quite a, there's a small handful of kind of familiar faces. Yeah, like the main girl in it is Emily DeRaven, who was in um, The Hills Have Eyes. Right. And Lost. And more recently, she actually plays Belle in Once Upon a Time. Oh, does she? Yeah. Uh, that, that's actually how I knew her initially, but... Um, yeah, she, she was in those other movies. And then there's, uh, Robert Culp. I mean, he's a classic actor. He's dead now, but, um, he was in, like, Greatest American Hero and, mm-hmm. um, uh, I Spy. Uh, then, like, Dave Thomas from, yeah. um, you know, Strange Brew, SCTV, that, you know, you, you, you've seen him in something. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it. And then, uh, Saul Rubner, who, he, he's been in a bunch of stuff. The only thing that comes immediately to mind is Warehouse 13, which I know has kind of got its own kind of cult following. Yeah. But he, he was the, the Jewish daily owner. Um, yeah, I think it's, this movie was pretty dominated by just kind of cornball stuff, whether it be just cheesy dialogue, cheesy kills, or, you know. Um, th- a couple things that stood out immediately to me is like, the name of the place where they live is called Hell Township. Yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> um, and then, like, at, at one point in the movie, at the end, they're kind of closer to the end, it's, uh, it's, it's the angel, he says, uh, well, you always said you'd follow me to Hell and back. So yeah. I moved to Hell Township. And it's like, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, the the kid Nick at one point he's he goes on to the the NORAD well it's supposed to be like the NORAD uh, Santa Claus tracker mm-hmm. but it's called, called the Gonad tracker wasn't it <laughs> oh, Jesus I liked when he was he was, he was chatting with the person there uh, you know the, the Gonad person and he says uh, is this Santa Claus thing real or is this Santa Claus tracker real and the guy says first how old are you Sixteen? No. And neither is Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like, I'm sorry if your parents haven't had the talk with you. <laughs> um, it's funny because at points they're running around and they're just like trying to warn people. They won't put carolers come to the door and they open the door and they're like, you haven't got out of here, Santa Claus is coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another wrestling move that he did is the um, when, when he was attacking those car- uh, carols. Carol oh, yeah, the, uh, like a military press. Yeah, and then like dropped her behind him. Yeah, that was that was an old Goldberg move. He used to use that one a lot. Right. Um, no jackhammer though. He never never did the jackhammer in the movie. No, that might be something that's difficult to achieve with just organically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that he's he's going through town 
He's flying on a sled that's led by a buffalo. With with a glowing red nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's killing people left and right. And he's this big fucking giant of a man dressed as Santa Claus. And nobody seems to really give him a second look. <laughs> he's just walking down the street casually. Well, because it's Christmas, so I guess people just think, oh, it's just a guy dressed like Santa Claus. But even still, if you saw a guy Bill Goldberg size dressed as Santa Claus, wouldn't you be like, what the fuck? I'd be like, that's the biggest goddamn Santa Claus I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like when um, uh, Big Show was dressed as a Santa and Jingle All the Way. <laughs> just a big fucking Santa. Um, it's funny, on the, on the way over here, we noticed, because today is Santarchy here in Seattle, mm-hmm. which is like a, a event where... You know, people, everybody dresses like Santa and gets drunk and goes out on the town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a much bigger event in, in New York City called SantaCon, but we, we saw a handful of Santas on our way over here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, didn't think anything of it. We saw Black Santa. Black Santa. <laughs> the fable Black Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I, I didn't know it was supposed to be a comedy when, when I picked it. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was actually just supposed to be like a legitimate horror. So I, I, I was kind of surprised to, to, to hear the jokes and the puns and everything. Um, but I actually, I thought it was a very fun movie. It, it, it wasn't like too over the top where the horror elements were lost. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it, as, as, as cornball and cheesy as it was, it was, it was, like you said, it was fun and it was entertaining. Um, as opposed to, like, my movie, Scent, um, I actually had to go back and re-watch, um, the last, like, 20 minutes of it, just because by that point in the movie, I had kind of gotten distracted, and I started kind of wandering and, you know, doing other things while the movie was running, so, like, just a few hours before we started recording this, I had to go back and watch those, those last 20 minutes and get... Caught up with the ending. It was a little hard to keep your attention. Yeah, but this I sat and watched it straight through. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, I was. I mean, like I said, it was. It still had the good horror elements. I, I, it could have been a little gorier for my taste. Yeah, um, it seemed like it. It almost seemed like they kind of shied away from that. Right. Like it's there was still like some pretty brutal kills, uh-huh. but there wasn't as much blood as there probably should have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for as much death as death and destruction as there was, there definitely should have been a little more blood at the very least. There um, was a very weird part when Santa shot flaming coal out of his mouth. Did he? Did you catch that? Yeah, when he was chasing the kids through the school, he's just like raw. Oh yeah, yeah. flaming coal. I was like, whoa, that's the thing that Santa can do. <laughs> well, I know when he was in the strip club, he pulled a piece of coal out of his pocket. Right, he kind of blew, blew on fire it. onto it and. But you never really saw fire come out of his mouth. He just kind of blew on it, and it was hot. Oh, well. But when he actually shot out of his mouth, I was like, that's a new one. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, a, this is a fun movie. And, you know, not that it really needed it, per se, but it all, like we just said, it was in the last uh, review. Uh, it had boobs. And there were boobs in the strip club. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of boobs. I must have seen, like, five boobs. Like, five, five and a half boobs. Yeah. Um, so... Although, many of them, I don't think, were real. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of them were. Like, maybe one. But, I mean, you know, you got women that are willing to show their tits, and 
a low budget movie. Actually, it may have, it may have not actually been that low budget, just, just judging by the cast. But um, it didn't look extremely low budget. No, it didn't. It, it was shot very well. Some of the scenes where Santa was flying through the air were a little, a little too green screeny. But yeah, I I thought his costume. I thought it was cool. Look <laughs> when he like takes off the jacket. He's got like a sleeveless shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I like I like that his sled had rocket packs too. <laughs> Despite uh, being pulled by a buffalo, so like if he hit the rocket boosters, theoretically they would run over the buffalo. <laughs> um, but yeah, his his his, uh, his costume I thought was pretty sweet. Aside from that hat, I think I thought the hat was a little stupid. But oh, he had like the bishop hat. Yeah, yeah. like with a little, little tassel on it. Looked yeah. like a kind of a stiff uh, like sleeping cap or something. But. Um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, like, uh, like, like I said, the the, the uh, visual effects—they weren't perfect, but they're pretty nice. Yeah, they didn't the look cheap. Yeah. Um, so overall, this was pretty well done, I think. And also, it was funny. At one point, Santa was going down the street, and <laughs> there was an old lady in front of him, and Santa goes, "Move, bitch." Get out the way! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did he really just say that? <laughs> um, other, I, I can't think of a way to put, fit this in um, organically, but uh, Tiny Lister was in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Debo! <laughs> His eye wasn't all cockeyed, though. Was it? Or I was so. it not? I didn't notice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's always a good movie. He's in it. Right. <laughs> he also was a pro wrestler. Was he? He was Zeus. Well, I knew that was like his like a nickname or like that was his wrestling name. Oh, yeah, he wrestled under the name Zeus. Huh. I didn't know that. Makes sense, but and then I like at the very end of the movie when Santa like he shaves off his beard and he just has the goatee. Yeah, and he's wearing like a leather vest yeah. and a denim jacket. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a biker. Yeah, he's, he's got like a do rag on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. And did you watch all the way through the credits? I didn't. Oh. There's a stinger at the end that was definitely put in there specifically for wrestling fans. <laughs> cool. Was it? He, uh, he, they show Santa Claus and he's looking over his, you know, naughty nice list and he looks over at the camera and goes, who's next? <laughs> Which was, yeah, that was Goldberg's catchphrase. Right, right. That was the t-shirt <laughs> that I may or may not have had. Meaning you did May have. May, may not. Mm. But I did. <laughs> okay, well, uh, anything else? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered all the, the hot spots. Okay. Alright, well, uh, what, what do you think as far as uh, rating? Um, like I said, it was a lot of fun. It was it was funner than I expected it to be because I, I didn't know it was going to be a comedy, but it wasn't like seeing it as a comedy threw me off. Right. Um, it could have been bloodier. I'm gonna say six and a half. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I pretty much uh, agree with you there. I like you said again. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. I got some good laughs out of it. Whether or not it was just whether it be funny or just so so corny and, and, and cheese ball. Um, but I did get some laughs, and uh, like I said, the, the effects weren't half bad. 
the cast was decent. Um, so I'm right about where you are. I think I'm going to put it at about six. I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Yeah. Um, you know, both of these movies, obviously you can get them on, you know, DVD somewhere, but we, uh, actually, um, Scent is actually available on Netflix and Santa Slay, you can watch full length on YouTube. So. If it hasn't been pulled by now. Yeah, sure. But either way, you can find it somewhere. And you should. It's worth, it's worth a watch. It's, yeah. It's a fun holiday movie. It is. It's better than the remake of Black Christmas. <laughs> All right, well, that kind of wraps it up for us today. Yeah. Um, although we, we do have one little last thing here. Right, and, yeah, we, before we got to get out of here, I'm, we're actually having a little uh, Christmas get-together here at my place, and i got to go tend to this turkey. But, but uh, you know, in addition to being our first-ever Christmas special, mm-hmm. this is also our last episode of 2013. It is. And so we have put together a little retrospective for you folks. And so we now bring you the best moments of the Grave Plot Podcast for 2013. Hello, welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us on our first episode. Uh, the run dead is not okay. That's a good one. It kind of reminds me of like a like a crazy old grandpa that still wants to drive himself to the store. It's like, no, grandpa, I remember you don't have your license anymore. It's like, oh god damn it, I can I don't I've been driving, driving since before you were born. <laughs> she is raped, raped by a tree, <laughs> which isn't a laughing matter, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it happened to me, I wouldn't laugh. But. Sure. <laughs> Just a little bit of Ted Raimi soup for you. Yeah, basically, kind of sucks their life force out <laughs> uh, through their dick. <laughs> Too many white people. Just slinging endosperm all over. Just, Just throwing endosperm everywhere. Just throwing ropes all over the walls. <laughs> And this demon, it looks like Uncle Deadly from the Muppets. <laughs> Are you, what was the point of that scene? Fuck knows. What's the point of this movie? <laughs> I don't want to come out of a movie smarter. What if I did the whole podcast in that voice? Oh, I don't think I could take you very long. Oh, sexy Freddy Krueger. Right. Sexy Jason costumes. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Fuck you, George. Not everything has to be about politics, you know? Yeah, you motherfucker. Who the hell do you think you are? This is this is above you. This is bigger than us all. By the way, people did go and see the movie and form their own opinion, and it sucks. Yeah. What does everybody want? Hey! Uh, did you make your nipples hard? Yeah. Cut glass. <laughs> you I, should say I'm sorry for making me watch it. Yeah, I, I really apologize. <laughs> Dramatic slow motion reveal, like we're all to go. Oh my God, it's Turkey! <laughs> I know some people that are like, "Oh, you should watch fucking things killing." I'm like, "No." <laughs> you shit in the coffee? As a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> this log sitting in the carafe. <laughs> Math is hard. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. I'm gonna 
come in your mother's face. Moving on! Which, you know, just immediately should trigger Rufi Kalata. Uh, say Dark Gift again. Dark Gift. You're an asshole. <laughs> yes, there is a dildo, so look for it. Anything else before we go? Uh... No. Alright. I was going to come up with something clever, but it's... Okay, so now that's everything. Yeah, let's get out of here. Okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I sure did. (laughs) How can you not? I mean, just the best parts of us. It was beautiful. Brought a little, brought a little juiciness to my eyeballs. So juicy, dude. Um. Okay, so yeah, that, that's going to do it for us in this episode and for the year, guys. So we will catch you again here in a couple weeks in a brand new year. In the meantime, have a really Merry Christmas, guys. Have a Happy New Year. Um, enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Also, everything he just said. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, guys. Take it easy, guys. See you next year. Next year. Merry Christmas. Assalamu alaikum. Santa Claus!